You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, surprise, surprise, we're going to talk cars. And uh, we have Lance Butler coming in. He's starting a new auction. Interesting online. Talk about some of the cars, some of the values, some of the uh, events coming up. First, I'll tell you about uh, Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policy. That's 15% on top of the money. Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Get the savings and get going today. Visit Geico.com to learn more. That is Geico.com and save that 15%. Hi, this is Chris Myers. For more than three decades, I've covered some of the biggest events in sports and talked with some of the most fascinating personalities. But now I want to invite you to join me for my new podcast, CMI, the Chris Myers interview on Podcast One. Covered a lot of events, World Series, Red Sox, White Sox breaking through at their time. The Super Bowl as recently as Mahomes and the Chiefs coming back against the 49ers. I was there to grab Brady after he had that tremendous comeback against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. And some tough times, the 89 Earthquake World Series that rocked the Bay Bridge. And first to talk to O.J. Simpson live after both of his trials. And on the air through the 1996 Atlanta Olympic bombings, informing people as best we could at the time. We'll go in-depth on stories past, present, and future to the effect of the world of sports and everybody in and around it, from current athletes, Hall of Famers, and some people you and I know. Hope you tune in to CMI, the Chris Myers interview, on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice. We've got a minute to get on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. This is, uh, what show is this? This is CarCast. CarCast. You see me right. sitting here, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I do too many podcasts. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, I'm over the only there. one who comes in. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, I don't know, this is Drew. Drew, come on. Yeah, Drew, Drew comes in. Yeah, he seems like he's up. Drew comes in. You comes in. Uh, yeah, there's some guests who come in. That People have different reactions. Well, some people... Uh, are worried about COVID, and some per- other people are worried about movement. Like they're lazy. Like they <laughs> like hanging out. And this is yeah. the this is the this is kind of how you can tell the lazy people from the more motivated people. Yeah. First off, everybody in my world who has to come in to get paid, like all the automotive workers, builders, and guys like that, yeah. they've never missed a day. Yeah, <laughs> so. They come in because they don't get paid if they don't come in. Right. The people, the other people who will get paid if they don't come in, those group, that group's been sort of split. Yeah. Because uh, they're sort of like teachers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm kind of used to this thing. Well, then you've got shows like uh, with Garagos. Does Garagos come in? Garagos comes in as much as he physically can. Because I was like, who's busier than that guy? Especially nobody, when this is sort of a hobby. Nobody, for him. <laughs> uh, but nobody. But he does. He does come in uh, yeah. quite often. <laughs> and the thing that's funny is the least fearful COVID people I know would have to be Garagus, Mike August, <laughs> and Doctor Drew, and me. I may be at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I've done nothing. Yeah, I've not even washed my hands. So. Um, 
but Gergus doesn't give two shits about it either. And neither no. is Drew. There's somehow the busy, successful guys don't seem to care that much about it. <laughs> <laughs> the less successful, less busy people seem to uh, be the ones with their panties in a bunch. So, well, we need more testing. Yeah, we need more testing. That's what I figured <laughs> out. All right. So uh, Lance Butler is going to uh, come in here. Yeah. And he runs a new auction, Stratus Auctions. And... I, they're going online soon, but I don't yeah. know if we have a hard start. Set. I know we're gonna we're gonna get all the details on it, but they got some cool cars coming up that we want to get into as well. And they're gonna explain the whole how the auction's gonna work and yeah. So. And so what what the reason we're interested and in, the reason Matt and I always sort of have our ear to the ground when we talk about cars is. Um, what you're looking for is comps. You always hear comps and real estate. If you watch those real estate shows, they go, well, one sold down the street and it got 1200 bucks a square foot. And that one was, uh, not as nice as this one, you know, or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you start to, you start to kind of put together comps and comps for a Dino Ferrari comps for even a Daytona Ferrari comps for, for sure. Goldwing Mercedes, Comps for even like a Mira S um, and comps for uh, even like a NSX, uh, Acura, things like that. You can or BMW uh, E46 M3, you mm-hmm. know, you can start to put together comps and those comps be pretty dead nuts on. And if you, if you don't yeah. believe me, at a certain point, a Mercedes Goldwing was 100 grand. That was uh, 1989 or whenever it was. And they were all 100 grand. Yeah. There wasn't one that was 200 grand. I mean, save any weird aluminum body, whatever special fitted luggage thing. But they're all that. And yeah. a, a Dino Ferrari was 100 grand in 1991. And they were all 100 grand. And now at some point, they're all 250. And now they're all 400 or 350 to 400. That's how it works. That's how comps work. So if you own a Dino Ferrari... And it's, it's, you know, you go, it's in a B condition and it's a uh, good shape and had, has had one respray or whatever. You, you could probably guess within 15 grand what that thing is worth. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's fair. if you own uh, a Clayton Cunningham 300 ZX IMSA GTO car, uh, and there's five other, five other examples on the planet, maybe six, um, you have no idea what the car's worth. Now, (laughs) you can take sort of off comps, and what off comp people do is they go, well, I don't know how much Paul Newman's fire suit is worth, but Jimi Hendrix's guitar sold for, and you kind of go, not exact. Well, Steve McQueen's windbreaker sold for, you know, and you go, it's kind of, but it's not quite. It's not a comp, like an apples-to-apples kind of comp. So very rare for us when it comes to some of these cars that we have, are there any comps sold? And again, you can – people start to cobble together uh, estimates and prices, and usually people who have been around sort of know what it is. But still, there is no example of one selling, and now one is going to sell. Yeah, now is one, one's going to sell, and there's a few out there, and it helps to sort of determine price. But yeah, up to this point, the best we can do is say, well, you know, we saw, you know, we saw a Tommy Kendall Roush Mustang sell, you know, similar era, similar type of car, 
you know, although it may have been a championship car or not, you know, we start to pick apart those type of things and go, well, does that give us an idea? Maybe not the down to $15,000, but maybe a decimal point, you know, like you're talking about what's, you know, Something could come up. Somebody's helmet can come up and go. Is it ten grand or is a hundred grand? <laughs> right. Know? And without any idea, you don't you don't know. But this kind of gives us an idea. But I'd like to see what they feel like could be the estimate on this car. I would uh, too. Do you think we'll hear one? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to ask many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got a. Uh... Well, we do know a little bit, sort of privately. What some of these cars are moving around at. Or being asked to move around at. Right. Let me think if they're actually selling. All right. First 15 seconds for J.B. Weld. Proud sponsor, CarCast, epoxy adhesive brand used by both pros and DIYers. Trusted for 50 years. And um, it's available at jbweld.com and retailers everywhere. All right, are we going to play the uh, hypothetical stoplight uh, game, Mexipata? We sure are. Here we go. The hypothetical stoplight game, brought to you by J.B. Weld. Well, I'm in such a hurry tonight, but I'm going to have to stop at this light. On the left, I got a van with big wheels. On the right, I got a pickup in teal. Van to the left of me, teal truck to the right. Here I am, stuck at a light behind you. All right, Matt. Right. Yeah. You have a crack in your bumper. Mm-hmm. But luckily, you can repair that using JB Weld. Eight-step instructions are on their website. So you set your ways to AutoZone to grab that JB Weld plastic bonder. You pull up to a stoplight, have to choose between two lanes. Which lane gets you there faster? Round one. Do you pull up behind? The gravel truck with the double with the double load, or the city bus with a bike on front. Hmm. How do you know there's a bike on front? <laughs> you oh. saw it earlier. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, passed him so, earlier. Yeah, I passed him. Right. All right. So here's the problem: is uh, the bus is going to have multiple stops, potentially multiple stops. They don't signal, especially if it's an LA bus. They pull out in front of you. They cause lots of accidents. But this is why I'm going to get behind that stupid bus because that gravel truck is throwing off gravel and it drives me nuts. I was just on the 405 the other day and I can hear it. I hear it all over the truck. Mm-hmm. I feel I hear it all over. Mm-hmm. Digging my windshield and my paint. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have the clear bra. The clear I just got my protection. windshield cracked all the way through yeah, from one yeah, of those. yeah. So this is going to be the first time ever you're going to agree with me. Get behind the bus. It's too dangerous behind the you're going to it's going to cost a fortune. Chris, to, I, to I need your- to know. I need this is a tough <laughs> one for me. The exhaust on the bus. Who is it? Is now, it they, clean they, gas? They, no, they used for a million years the bus exhaust was just down a foot above the ground. I bet and a your huge plume had that. A huge <laughs> plume of black smoke and, and some genius, probably the same guy figured we should have a urinal in the porta potty. <laughs> that same genius at some point went, why don't we just pipe it up so it comes yeah, out at the eight yeah. foot mark and doesn't blow into everyone's windshield. Yeah. That's that's so I a need good point. I need yeah. to know the exhaust route. Is it, this is this is a top exhaust. Top exhaust. Yeah. Well, Matt, it, it takes a big it takes a big man, and you're lucky 
you're lucky because, you know, when I've been talking to you on the phone, I've been going for walks. I've been walking through this area where there's just wagon trains of these gravel trucks going by because yeah. they're doing some kind of big project up the road. And I watched one go by me the other day. And there's one thing I'm so fixated on. Like I watched like someone's in like a 93 Honda Civic and I watched a gravel truck slowly going by under the uh, overpass and the Honda Civic behind it. And I was just watching the profile of it in slow motion. And that triangulated piece of uh, I-beam that comes out three feet is <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. the neck height of the person that's driving the <laughs> Honda. And the hood is exactly as long as that thing protrudes. Yeah. And I'm like... All someone has to do is bang that Honda person, and that battering ram is going to decapitate them. It, it, they don't even have they don't even have reflectors on them. There's That's just true. a huge, yeah. it's rusty out. metal thing that just protrudes <laughs> the exact height of your fucking neck. And there's nothing we can do about it, and there's nothing, and they're all over the highway, and people are they're always, they're on the freeway. People are constantly getting rear-ended. Oh yeah, that thing is just a killer protruding piece of steel. By the way, you could take this building, and I, I, I'm telling you, I know engineering. You could take this entire building and set it on that one thing, and it wouldn't flex three sixteenths of an inch. No, that like thing is that, massive. It's meant n- to back into walls with your Jupiter semi truck. You, you could take a, a M1 Abrams tank and run it up against that thing, and it would just shred the tank. Like there's that is not moving. If you're on the freeway and that person is this gravel trucks in front of you, and somebody's texting behind you, you're just going to be crushed. Well, hopefully it goes quickly. They should put a sticker on it that says, good luck, buddy. By the way, Chris, where'd you find this image where he's got more mud flaps on this goddamn thing than any vehicle on the planet, yet the rocks are going to be flying out the top of this thing? It's, I, it's all mud flap on the, this truck. The idea that we live in a state where it's illegal not to have a front license plate, but these things roam the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles at will. Like, they are oh all God, yeah. over the road. You're guaranteed to see them on the phone. Why? What? Ha, okay, you're right. You're right. I hate to admit it. He's right. He's right. <laughs> all right. Oh, wait, wrong sound. That's hey. the only one I have. <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go, man. Finally. I'm so used to suppressing the other button. It's insane <laughs> in our, our safety-laden world that these things are all over the place with a thing that just protrudes... It protrudes three feet, and it's a steel battering ram. And it, there's no, by the way, there's no light on it. There's never a reflector on it. No, no tape. No, there's not nothing. Even a, you can't when you're coming up behind it. You can't tell the depth because it's rusted out and half paint peeled, yeah. and you can't. You don't know it. It's weird, right? But anyway, <laughs> fuck you with all your other stupid rules. Like, you don't have side markers on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, douche. All right, he's right. He's right. He's and right. Uh, final destination eight writers. We have a new uh, way for you to kill off some characters. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Right. Let's cool. go to the next round. You have the Gordon Murray T fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One leg. Like or the McLaren Speedtail. Mm-hmm. Mm. Put up the both rears for you. Yeah. The T fifty's got the fan with yeah, the vacuum the in fan. it. Right. That's nice. Yeah, I don't know what the McLaren Speedtail is. It's it's a longer. It's it's like a seven twenty s, but with a longer tail, specific oh. for high speed. Look at that. Yeah, it's got. A, it's basically Moby Dick. Yeah, nice, and it probably is out to set the 
you know, yeah. see well, if we can get I, to... I don't know what neighborhood you got me cruising in right now, but it's good. It's good. But it's a very good na- neighborhood to be in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my, my lightning's going to fit right in. They're yeah. going to think I'm the pool man or something. I've, I'm not, cruising through there. <laughs> I've not seen one of those uh, T-50s. Any, I, no, I it's not even out yet. Not so out if yet. I'm getting behind the T-50, I'm gonna, I, want, I can't wait to see that fan go on. So I'm following the T-50. For however long my lightning can keep up. <laughs> mm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to use your own logic against you. Uh, there's a lot of those gravel trucks out there throwing gravel around. Yeah. That T-50 doesn't have a tail, has like a big fan that sucks all the air underneath the car and then creates downforce. I'm going to worry about one of those pieces of gravel getting sucked up oh, into that fan a projectile. and fired oh, no. like an air cannon when they test jet engines. Yeah. Boom, right into the windshield. You're probably right. Of your, actually, it wouldn't be even into the windshield, being the radiator. Being the radiator. Of your lightning, spring a small hole and probably slowly overheat and either blow a head gasket or seize the engine. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Can I fix a radiator with JB Weld? Ooh, that's true. <laughs> Check out jbweld.com. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. Oh, Didn't my- MacGyver crack an egg in there? And he's like, the egg will cook. It'll fill the hole. I'm like, I don't know how <laughs> that, that works. perfect. <laughs> there yeah. was a MacGyver episode where he cracked eggs in the radiator and it would cook the egg oh, yeah. and fill the hole. That's so perfect. Uh, of course, it's pressurized, so I don't know how that happens. But I don't think MacGyver, he knows a lot, but he doesn't know shit about poached eggs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last round. I think it would just float around the top, too. Yeah. <laughs> Fill the hole. <laughs> I'd probably go into the catch overflow hopper. Yeah. Who, well, is your, is who wrote that episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Exactly. All right. Here are, here's the last round. You could either pull up behind the Polaris slingshot, mm-hmm. paper plates, helmets, and gloves on both riders, mm-hmm. or the Harley Davidson touring road glide with the speakers blasting. This is that Harley that... Adam always talks about all the accessories. It looks uh, it looks top heavy. Does it have the training wheels on it? Yeah. Oh, of course. So my my first question Ugh. is because we were just in Chicago. Is what terrible music as loud as possible are each one of those guys playing for the world to hear? Because uh, that could be a factor. And mm. and do I want to you know get behind uh, song A or song B? Do you have any thoughts on the song? I don't know. No, I don't nobody know knows. In no. there. All right, no. so Unintelligible song. I, I kind of feel that? like uh, I feel like the guys on the uh, and the slingshot are going to be peacocking a little bit more as far as what we've seen in Chicago. Mm. So I'm just going to get behind the Harley guy. Maybe he's got one of those bite the weenie contests to go to. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, which one you said you were wrong about? <laughs> Wait a minute. You, I'm, like, you're I'm behind sorry. the slingshot. I'm you're, behind the slingshot. Behind, oh, well, I didn't tell you, but I know the songs they're playing. Yeah. So one one of them is a Deep Purple Highway Star. Mm. And that's what the guy in the Harley's playing. Okay. And that's a, you know that song? Yeah. That song's about rocking out and kicking yeah. ass and no one's going to take his car and he's got the big fat tires on it and it's that guy so the harley guy is playing okay that song i already forgot which one i said i was gonna be behind but okay I the got slingshot <laughs> guy is pumping some real deep cut rap and he's just out mm. showboating like yeah. we saw in chicago so. yeah 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 sorry about that man all right yeah <laughs> Tough, tough run, Matt. But I got, uh, I got my win for the. You got your first win. Yeah, you got the yeah. gravel truck win. Yeah, right. good job. 
Well, if you got a DIY project to get through and you want to save some money, I would suggest JB Weld. Yeah, we use JB Weld all the time over here. They have a, you know, they have the epoxy, but they also have the putty. They have the part where you break it off. It's like plastique. Mm hmm. Why do they call it plastic explosives? And then they go, it's plastique. I don't like, know why they, one, I don't know why they kind of it? sort of French it up or whatever yes. they're doing. <laughs> but uh, It's two-part, and you yeah. just sort of put it together and knead it with your fingers. Yeah. Stromer used, used it to uh, fix a tray in his wet saw the Did other day. Did it explode? Hmm? Did it explode after? No, no that's okay. different. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, let's get our uh, guests going. We're uh, their proud sponsor, and uh, we appreciate them. They're great. Uh, I know the owner. These guys have uh, been trusted for 50 years plus. Proudly made in the USA. Keep JB Weld in your toolbox, kitchen drawer, craft room. Metal, wood, plastic, more. Don't glue it, man. JB Welded. Available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Walmart, Amazon, Michaels, and more. I've used JB Weld and have blown up C4, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) Lance Butler has uh, joined us. Lance has himself a new auction, Stratus Auctions, and uh, he's wearing a cool shirt because he's got the uh, Turbo Lacar, which is w- <laughs> one of the most 80s, coolest pieces. I've, I've almost bought one a couple of times, and uh, mid-engine, totally cool piece, uh, except for when you get up and put your head in them and you see that 80s interior, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. eh, it was the 80s. Yeah. Good to see you, Lance. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um yeah, the R5 Turbo. So this is a friend's company, Jalopnik. So uh, one of the cars that we're actually offering on the platform. So uh, yeah, they're uh, they're they're it's it's interesting that breed of I guess it'd be Group Five Rally sort of inspired or flat out rally car from the eighties, early nineties. That stuff has gone up in value maybe more than any other sector of cars. Uh, the rally cars hobby, have gone right? nuts. Yeah. yeah, you get these. These wicked designs uh, in, in period, uh, there are a lot of very loose regulations. I mean, when you're looking at, at Group B, some of those cars right now, um, incredibly valuable because you're looking at cars like the R5 Turbo. You're looking at cars that, that evolved into like the S4 that has uh, yeah. turbocharged, supercharged Oh, I think cars. I said I mean, Group C. I should have uh, said Group B. No, no, no. You, yeah, you, know, you were talking about Group 4, Group 5. Oh, right. Yeah, That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, there's too many groups. There's too many associations. Yeah, there's too many cars now. Like people go, like, which SUV you drive? And I go, the Infinity. And they go, which one? I go, the X five, eight, Q something. Something. There's too. You told me nothing. There's too many. (laughs) When I was young, we had to remember Mustang SVT. Is that right? Yeah, that's about all. That's about all we had. Well, except I know you mean SVO, but there is an SVT. No, I mean SVT. Okay. Don't I? Just want to make sure. Well, if you're thinking four-banger turbo SVO. Oh, that's SVO. Yeah, yeah. See, See, there you go. I know what you're thinking. But so, the SVT was the Cobras. Oh, that yeah. was the Cobra. That's yeah, right. Yeah. See? Yeah. So, uh, Lance, we you got some interesting cars coming up here, and we, we brought you on. Twi- uh, turn your mic a little uh, clockwise or something. There How's you that? go. That's better. Okay. Uh, so, we're looking, especially at that 89 Nissan 300ZX Turbo. IMSA GTO car, and uh, we have one. I have one, so we thought that would be an interesting car to talk about. 
but also one of Matt and my favorite cars and a car that we think is kind of on the rise is the 93 Jag XJ220, yeah. which we've always thought, again, don't put your head inside the car. I was just going to say, talk about <laughs> but your head and see some of that interior. And really yeah. look at the shape of that car. An underappreciated supercar came out. Jag said, we're building a supercar that put a V6 in it. It was before the Ford GT, and people are like, eh, V6, come on, you're Jag. Where's the 12? You know, and now people are coming around to that car. Yeah, and this is is an interesting color, the version of the one that you have on the the normal, you know, a lot of silver ones, it seems like. But this this, uh, metallic red that's going on is nice. Yeah, the Monserrat. No, it's a beautiful car. Uh, unfortunate, uh, yeah. If, if you're Adam's height, it's it's a bit of a pain to, to peek your head into. So somebody, yeah, will... we're not worried about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think when you're driving next to a 220, you're not necessarily worried about how, how comfortable you are. It's it's a great look, an amazing car. So uh, it's still a timeless looking exterior wise for sure. Although this interior is not bad, it's a timeless looking supercar. If somebody came out with this today with different wheels. You would say, ooh, I like that. What's that? Like, they just nailed it on the exterior design. Agreed. Are you not a fan of the wheels? I, I, the it, feel, it, it, it dates the car. I okay. will say this. In a world where the wheels kind of can be uh, deals wheels breaker, like some, like some cars, like you take like a street-going stock BMW M1. And you go, oh, the wheels are funky. Like they look, mm-hmm. they look weird. The M1 Pro cars look amazing when they put mm-hmm. the BBSs on them. But when they have the sort of weird '80s, whatever, yeah. a little bit of a deal breaker. This, these wheels, it's a little bit of a timestamp on the car, yeah. but they look good. I, I they, would they say they do. It just it puts a date on it. So you want this car with these wheels because then it says XJ220. But if if McLaren came out with a new car that shaped almost like this, or or there was the new Jag supercar, you mm-hmm. change the wheels, you put this car next to it, you wouldn't know what year this car came from. Yeah, and the, these cars are a lot of fun just because you, you look at these. Uh, we were talking about comps earlier, where it's it's XJ220, the EB110, and in the same era, you also have the McLaren F1. A little bit later, you see a KGTR uh, and, and Porsche GT1. So these and EB110s. Completely different platform. You get a lot of supercars today where it's, it's kind of generally within a similar spec and, and doesn't feel like it has much soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at the XJ220, you look at the EB110, you look at its comps um, and other cars of the era, and they're just they're their own spirit. They have their own life. Uh, and, and I think this is a really fun example. It's got the Monza Red over the, the sand interior, and it's it's nearly untouched. And are, you, are you putting estimates out when these things come out? Are there... Um do you yeah. have uh, is there an estimate on this? Explain how the auction is going to work. Yeah, so we we don't actually have estimates on the cars right now. Um, in some cases, we think it's a, it's a bit limiting to have an estimate. So if anybody reaches out specifically, I think you guys even uh, chatted about the three hundred ZX. We we kind of give a, a rough uh, generalization um, to interested buyers. Um, but I, I think the fun of the, the auction is to see where it goes. Um, a lot of a lot of people, if you're in the market for an extra two twenty. Uh, you know what you're willing to spend. You know generally what they're worth, right? Um, some of the cars are a bit high mileage, uh, might not have the service history. This car is, is a very low mileage car, really well kept, uh, known history from new. It even has the diagnostic laptop. So there are a couple things about this car that make it a bit more special than some of the other cars you might see on the market at any time. Sweet, free Atari. 
Does yeah, uh, a diagnostic is, tool <laughs> is it? Uh, and do the cars have reserves, or do some? Is that a car by car situation, or is there a? Rule yeah, we're for happy that? to put a reserve on a car. It's it's one of the things we we want to have happy sellers. Um, an in person auction, they like to push a lot of no reserve cars. It's exciting because when you're in the room, when you're in person, it's fun to see no reserve because you know the highest highest bidder is going to take it home. But also that leaves some sellers up in the air where it's, they were excited to bring a car to auction and they might not have gotten the result that they had, had wanted. And it's not an actual statement of market value if there weren't enough people in the room to see that car at that time. How long is your auction go for once they go live? So it'll be seven days. Oh, seven days. Yeah, so seven-day okay. live auction. The reason why we've got this lull right now, we wanted to launch and really focus on getting registered bidders. So mm-hmm. if somebody is going to buy an XJ220, if somebody's going to buy a 300ZX IMSA GTO car, these are these are big cars. It's it's not like we're launching with ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 cars where you can kind of push out there and, and people get used to the platform. We want people to understand that how the auction works, what cars we have, because the first time that they use the platform might be for a three, four, five hundred million dollar plus car. Okay, what? so Stratus Auction is going to be an online auction. They're going to be seven day auctions. You you are sort of curating the cars that will be on available on on the website, right? And correct. So it's not just anything can list. It's not eBay, of course, right? It's, yeah, it's it's a curated group of cars, yep. and then. Wh- what does it what does it take to list a car? What does it take to buy a car? How does sort of the fee structure work? Yeah, so it's 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 all very simple in, in theory. So a lot of our team comes from the in person auction space. So very most of our employees come from in person auction plus private collections. So there's a different level of service that comes from private sales that I, I think it gets lost in the in person auction simply because you're you're selling 200 cars over two days, or, or in some cases with the bigger auction companies, you're 1,000 cars in a week like we like we see at Kissimmee or in Scottsdale. Um, very straightforward. Uh, for consignment, we have specialists who are always out there curating inventory, trying to find cars that we can bring to the platform. But also, if somebody has a car, they can simply just reach out through the platform, um, inquire, see if we can give them an estimate, and, and talk about what that would look like to, to represent it. You have a uh, 1990 Nissan MPT uh, 90, which is coming up as well. I always, I guess I call those GTP cars, but Correct. I can't remember. Should we find that car, the uh, <laughs> Nissan G- uh, MPT? I guess it's on the uh, website. Is I haven't, it, I haven't seen that. Yeah, no, we, car. we actually had just listed it yesterday. Oh, it's, look it's at that! Yeah, it's, it, yeah. So much fun to be able to represent both cars because they they have the same power plant, so twin turbo mm-hmm. V six. Uh, but completely different way of using that. So yeah. this is more of GTP Group C, and then obviously the 300ZX is, is a bit of saloon. So it's funny you talk to when you talk to some people. Like I think I was talking to Bruce Kenapa may have one of these. And he's like, "Oh, you should buy it. These are easy. Yeah. Like the <laughs> easiest. They're, they drive so nice." Have you, you know? ever driven a, a GTP or Group C car? No, no. At least I mean, but I, I, I did drive a. I did enter a modern day professional trans am race and got to drive a c7r corvette and the more the modern stuff is freaky as it is is a little easier to drive like yeah. it, it's a little more normal yeah. they have stuff figured out a little mm-hmm. more it's not like this happens and don't yeah. ignore it you know there was also six people working on that car. <laughs> i know it's just, it was a much easier car to <laughs> yeah. drive even though it had 900 horsepower it was yeah, still yeah. like easier yeah the intimidation factor with this is, is definitely there i think with uh, porsche they did a really good job of making 
a car that that's still manageable. So if you get into a nine six two, it's something that's manageable. At yeah, six that's or what seven I. Tenths, that's what I was here. Like I, the guys go, oh, the nine six two is a lot easier to drive than a nine thirty five. And I'm like, oh, it looks so big and scary. It's like, no, no, it's it's kind of easy, it's more manageable. There's something more mm-hmm. balanced. Yeah, oh, it's a mid engine car. Yeah, right? probably more traction. There's probably a that, lot of that going on. Adam, more that aero. is canapas. Oh, that is cannabis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I'm glad I didn't go. <laughs> cannabis trying to sell this piece of shit. I'm not biting. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. Screw that car. No, these, He's like, no, it's, we're good. Yeah, yeah these, these ones are an absolute blast to drive. I had the chance to drive um, Chassis 6 a few years back, and uh, it's just insane power. Once, once, the, once the boost kicks in, there's a bit of a lag, but once the turbo comes in, you kind of question why you, you, you got on the throttle <laughs> as hard as you did. It's a five-speed car, right? Correct, yeah. And it's a... Uh, yeah, ZF transmission, right? Yeah, I guess I gotta have. I mean, yeah, it's uh, got the Hewlin. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. yeah. All right, so, transaxle. So, so, tell us about the <clears throat> the three hundred ZX that's coming up for sale because uh, some of the notes say never been crashed and never needed never needed any major repairs. But we know two cars crashed, and we're trying to figure out which cars were those. Well, there was a guy. There's a guy in Japan that has the V8, the other V8. I have one Which of the V8 cars. Which we just learned cars. about. Yeah, uh, Sean mechanic Sean's known about for a while. I think they sent me a picture. That car crashed, and then there was a big crash. I can never figure out if that was uh, Road America or something like that. But there was a big crash between two of them. And yeah. Then one got rebuilt. Maybe that's Millen's. Yeah. It's always a little sketchy. I, mean, yeah, I can't figure out which is which. Yeah, it's always tough when you talk about race cars because that was their sole purpose. Uh, obviously, we're not talking about the XJ220. It was like it never been wrecked. I mean, it was assumed that yeah, yeah, nobody would buy car. it if it had been wrecked. To, yeah, yeah right. so uh, with with a race car, um, I mean, that was their sole purpose to get out and, and, and race, and they weren't thinking of collectability at the time. So um, it, so Chassis 2, uh, we've got the luxury of, of knowing that this car is the car because it's the only one that was outfitted with a passenger seat for ride-alongs post-career. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so... It's it's immediately recognizable, um, mm-hmm. and so it's a pretty fun car. It's it's fun local history, kind of same with the GTP car. They were they were both built in L.A. El Segundo, Torrance, but more specifically. And we we had Steve Millen come by a, a couple weeks ago. We had Andy Bondio uh, talk about the car. He knows the car very well. So um, yeah, it's it's a car that has had known history. Hadn't been wrecked, which is kind of a it's a big selling point for when you're talking about motorsports. In a lot mm-hmm. of cases, the the collectability the value of the car comes from its racing history and, and when you say you know that this car it, it just g- generalization you know this, this car won in 89 90 91 but then 92 it had a massive wreck and they had to completely do, redo the the, the chassis and, and give it a new engine components it's like well how much of the car is the car that actually won the race and right. is yes. it exciting to, to but buyer? also is it rebuilt and sort of taken off the road or rebuilt and unsuccessful but if you say hey it's rebuilt and then one sebring you're like hey well i'm still interested again you know so it kind of happens what what's the history after the rebuild does it continue to race it does play a part you yeah know? we know this car because we've seen it uh long beach we've seen yeah. it laguna seca it's a super fast car and uh wins many of the vintage yeah, and this, events. So it's well sorted, as they say. Yeah, and this one, this one ran eighty nine and ninety, and then in ninety, it was actually extended. Uh, the, the frame was extended slightly for a longer wheelbase, so it was a bit more stable. So it's just got a fun bit of history with that as well, where it was it was part of the first round of three hundred ZXs that that were introduced in eighty nine. Uh, they weren't quite as successful. They were kind of ironing out some of the kinks, high speed stability, braking, and they they evolved this car to eventually become a winning car, which is which is pretty great. 
Yeah. Um, and it's the first one to, to ever be publicly offered. These are cool cars to get. Like, you guys should go on to the uh, Stratus. Uh, it's Stratus.auction. So that's the website, www.stratus.auction. Go there, check it out, and look at the photos because these cars are so complex that we even had one of the original builders come by and he told us, hey, at the time, your car – with transaxle car, some more complexities. He's like, this car was like a half a million dollars to build back in the mid nineties, early nineties. Yeah, it was just a really expensive Marley uh, uh, tube frame car. Yeah, yeah, you you just look at the car and you just go, how could you possibly build this car for <laughs> under hundreds of thousands of dollars? Like <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you can't. Yeah, sometimes so. you know, there's sometimes you get up, you see. Uh, a Mustang or Corvette from from the era, and you you know you pop the hood and you see the small block under there with maybe like a Holly Carb or something, and you kind of go, eh, I could I could see building this car or not having it be extraordinarily expensive, but uh, man, you take a look at uh, these uh, Clayton Cunningham cars and you just go, Ugh, that took a lot to build that car, yeah, and uh, you know for me, there's kind of there's kind of two prices for a car. There's there's kind of a price of, well, what's the history? And did um, Steve McQueen own it or whatever it is? And or is it the Bullet Mustang or something like that? And w- which is a fine example of a car that's not worth anything. I mean, the, that car's worth $11,000 minus the history. But then there's some cars like these Cunningham Zs where they're worth two, three hundred grand all day long just in parts like just yep. literally like you could not do that car for under five hundred thousand yeah. yeah, dollars yeah. i bought mine way back no one really cared about them i just looked at the car and went that is so much car for a hundred grand like yeah. you could never you couldn't redo the engine for a hundred grand like i i <laughs> no one cared about the history no one really cared about vintage you know it was a 90s car no one really had those thoughts 90s cars even 80s cars weren't even really vintage until like 10 minutes ago. I literally just bought it because I went, there's so much there. that I'll uh, If you recycled that car, you'd get your, your money back <laughs> yeah. in chromoly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this one comes with a spare engine and you're looking at it. Okay, well, Roush rebuilt, rebuilt the engine. Uh, both are, are freshly built uh, power plants. But yeah, like you said, I mean, what do you even do with the engine? What's the value of the engine when you can't find it? Roush well, rebuilt the Nissan engine? Just just more recently, yeah. yeah. Oh, Roush, Roush builds those for those yeah. guys. Yep. I would uh, – I don't know why you're making a noise, but my I'm going to buy that engine off whoever wins this auction <laughs> because I need one for – I know, but I, I, I think of uh, I think of the Willie T dock, and I think of you're saying Roush built the competitor engine. I'm like, well, today, sure, but back then, Willie'd be like, yeah, he rebuilt the engine, but you know, he did a little something. It's a little underpowered because he built the Nissan engine for a competitor team, and yeah, you know, there's well, like a little bit vintage. of it's a little bit of yeah, that the, controversy that the guys uh, who that guy, Willie likes to bring up. The guys who own the car said they have Roush rebuild those their uh, engines yeah. i they're in the same neighborhood yeah. i uh because i need to get uh, i need to get a z engine rebuilt too <laughs> i think i'm going to send it to them so what do we think estimates ballpark thoughts Bro- broad estimate broad you don't estimate. have to you don't have to ruin your yeah, your, yeah. your thoughts. On. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's one of those things where yeah, happy, always happy to share estimates with people that that, that are, are serious buyers interested in the platform. Um, okay, so when you look at this, um, 
what, what do you what do you think it's worth? What are the competitors? What uh, you were kind of talking about comps earlier? Um, some of the some me of the personally, comps. yeah. Some of the uh, I was. It was funny. Uh, Sean, who's over at the other shop, knows a lot about cars. Actually, surprised me some months ago when I said to him, uh, "What's your favorite car around here, Sean?" Because I didn't know I was going to say a BRE Roadster or something yeah. like that. I I had. A, three or four cars I was thinking about and he pointed at that Cunningham Z and he said mm. oh that's oh, my favorite really? car I and, always and thought he said, might even said the Triumph he's hardcore mechanic <laughs> yeah. and I said why and he goes I remember this when I was a kid I used to see those things race or whatever when I was younger and I thought made me think well A it's it's a it's an amazing piece like it looks yeah. good and also as time marches on just like we were talking about with the 80s rally cars like pfft, no one cared a few years ago. Now it's like yeah. everyone's whipped up because the people like Sean are going, I remember seeing that car back in the day That's and the I just sold That's my thing. company and yeah. now I got some money to play around with. So I said to Sean, I'm going to scratch down a number right now. I said to Boom. Sean the other day, I That's said, my estimate. what do you think that uh, V8 car's worth? And he went, um, uh, 740. He said, okay. and I said, oh, okay, I was thinking 750, because I was going, I said, Sean, you got to go in 50 increments. They don't do that. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, you definitely want to, if you, yeah, if you think that way, come on, come on and bid at the platform. That's great. Yeah, uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a high end number or high-ish end for that car, but I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable. And also my feeling with cars like that, and I've always had this feeling from kind of a investment standpoint, which is. I bought a uh, Lambo 400 GT 2 plus 2, maybe a 67 or something like that, a million years ago. I bought it on eBay. And uh, it was on eBay. It had a day left, and it was at like $94,000 or something. And I said, uh, I called the guy. It was in Pennsylvania. And I said, uh, I want this car. And he said, okay. I said, well, what's it going to cost it? shut this auction down right now and I just take the car and he's like 116 he said <laughs> and Matt would have haggled with him but I didn't <laughs> I just said fine 116 shut the shut it down and he did and I bought that car and I had it for several years and Matt sold it for like 780 or yeah. something at like the height of the market and I was my feeling is is when I paid 116 for it it was more probably than I should have paid mm -hmm. I probably could have got yep. it for 105 seven or nine or something like that i would have and it was more <laughs> than the market too it was more than the market yeah. and so my feeling with certain cars, that guy was so happy that day i know <laughs> he's not happy if he's listening now but <laughs> my feeling with cars and and other items are sort of like maybe you think this car is worth 675 but maybe you pay 725 for it and you go well you paid 50 grand too much but get back to me in three years when it's one point two. Like then then who's quibbling over the fifty? That right. that's kind of my sometimes it just kinda takes what it takes. Yeah. If if you think something is gonna cross a million, I think these cars would cross a million in five years, uh no problemo. Well then what's the difference between six ninety five and seven fifteen? If if in fact it's right. going past a million, you wanna get the car. That's the way I've always kind of approached it. And yeah, and I think if you look at the right cars uh, obviously, at any point you can say you buy them in a premium, but it's it's if you if you buy the right example of that car, the best example of the, that car, it's it you can't dispute that it's always going to be the best example. So whatever the car's uh, value is, however they fluctuate in the future, 
you know that you've always got the leverage of knowing you've got the best or one of the best examples. So there's, it, it's always tough to think of car values because it's not quantifiable enough to, to consider as an investment. But a lot of people obviously have have them as investment tools. But then there's also the the emotional, the sentimental component of of owning a car, owning something that you want, which. JDM cars more recently are, are significantly more in value because people can associate with them. I mean, a, a lot of younger collectors who now have money, like you said, well, God, I saw the 300ZX running um, in period. And that's something that excites me versus seeing something that's maybe vintage Can-Am or, or, or a bit older than that when you look at 60s and, and 50s cars. What number did you write down, Matt? Uh, for this car here, not your car. For oh, this yeah. Car, Sorry, uh, I didn't really answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for this car, I wrote down um, six fifty. I think it'll go a little higher than that. Yeah. That's I'm just uh, going for a. Yeah, you know, that's a, a mid, good price. Mid, it, it's 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 hard to tell. They don't change hands, and I don't want, I don't want to give a range. I just just picked a number. Then they move. Um, you know these these the way these cars go is they don't change hands, and so there's no incremental rise like mm-hmm. you can see with a, a, a NSX or something like that where it's just sort of oh things creeping up or like your E46 M3 yeah you know it goes from 25 and now they're 30 and now they're 35 and they just kind of keep sort of creeping yeah. up. Uh, these cars go for that thing was 275. It's like the guy wants 800. Like, yeah. like what happened yeah. what happened was four years that's what happened like yeah. like you don't you don't well, yeah supply and demand when we've not seen another one being sold publicly um other cars that have transacted it's it's really you know i've, I've owned this car and i've had a couple of people reach out saying that hey at some point whenever you go to sell i'll buy it and so it never really gets a chance to hit the market right so you never really get to see what the true market value is uh, right because you're not you don't know what somebody's willing to spend and i think it also probably has a comp adjacent kind of effect on other race cars from that era eight late 80s early 90s you know we're talking about when we talked about sort of like the kendall roush mustang and stuff like that that's like it's not the same but it's kind of in the neighborhood a little bit and starting to sort of color that that world and get some ideas i think in in the racing car world it also becomes pretty important with what you do with the car after you've acquired it you know Mm -hmm. are you taking it out are you racing it is it going to events i think the right events can increase the value but also doing something with with the car does sort of prove some maintenance and some upkeep on the car and the fact that this car that you're selling was at long beach and kicked everyone's ass and then was in monterey and i think he won his class and there as well the group there not in the last one i think but he won yes he's won yep. at monterey we we saw yeah. that car we saw a car at long beach he was getting down on lap five going down shoreline he was uh several hundred yards ahead of like mm, whatever yeah. Roush Mustang or Mercure or whatever the thing was falling behind him or the uh, Chevy what was the Chevy with the uh, front seat and the back seat the uh, Beretta yeah the that Beretta. was a Tommy Kendall car yeah but I actually talked to the guy drove the car and I was like god you're hauling ass and I think he said that at the end of Shoreline you're going faster in the Z car than the Indy cars were going yeah and I was okay. like, wow. I was like, yeah. well, the the thing, and people kind of go, what? You know, so sometimes it's like when you go, 
the street version of this car has more horsepower than the race version yeah. of it. And people go, what? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah because yeah. they have rules. Right. You, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, cool. they, and you have to figure out how to stop going into turn one in the 300ZX. Yeah. Or an Indy right. car can just sail right through on arrow. Yeah. So yeah, that's they, a good yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's His a good, top speed was higher, yeah. but by the time he had a break and go into the turn, that Indy car is good luck. You know, already a lap ahead. Yeah. I, and, you know, who knows? But in a car like that Z car, you get to the end of that uh, shoreline, which I've driven in, in slow motion many times. It's long. I mean, I, I'm picturing some of the cars I've driven. You could easily be up at the 170 180 mm. speed at the end of that at the end that's of shoreline. crazy where the track made out of asphalt and cement <laughs> i know <laughs> there's yeah. not a lot of runoff over there but yeah. this is a good car for vintage racing as well if you're looking to do some racing and you want to get into and you want to qualify for monterey this car should get accepted yeah and that's, that's oh, one of it the has things. been yeah yeah it's been accepted um a lot of imsa racing a lot of the cars were just american built cars stayed in the u.s the great thing about the 300zx program is a little bit more internationally recognized because they want it Le Mans, they want it Daytona, they want it Sebring, and they're, they're cars that yeah, mainly raced in, in the U.S. with IMSA, but then when they were opened up to be able to run in Le Mans, they, they completely dominated class. So yeah, uh, it, it, it just opens up the market for a lot of people who maybe European collectors, Japanese collectors who might not look at just an American-based series. Mm. Uh, all right, let me hit uh, Madison Reed uh, Mister here. Madison Reed Mister. Well, now Madison Reed has made uh, hair coloring for women for a long while, and they make really good stuff my wife loves this stuff and uh, they did that for a while and then they said you know what about the fellas what about the fellas that want uh, a little more pepper and a little less salt but they don't want that shoe polish look they want the natural look thus was born madison reed mister so it's easy i've done this you uh get a little kit put the gloves on put a little dollop in your hand and you just you get the right color go on the website and get the right color Apply the color gel, then the activator. Wait 10 minutes, and uh, you just rinse it out. You have a natural look. It works on your beard as well, and they'll deliver it right to your door. Madison Reed Mister. Right, Matt? Yeah, go to MadisonReedMister.com. That's Madison Reed. It's uh, Madison, R-E-E-D-M-R.com. Mister is M-R.com. Use code Corolla for 10% off plus free shipping on your first box. Again, that's code Corolla. So if you guys want to uh, check out the uh, website, so there's a lot of uh, interesting, I say interesting cars, because, like, to me, I love all cars, and, like, I love a Mercedes Goldwing, but um, if one's coming up at auction, I don't go, oh, circle mm-hmm. the calendar. I go, oh, that's 1.25 something, <laughs> or whatever. Like, I, I, I get it, but uh, there's, you know, like the GTP car, like the 300ZX, there's some, uh, there's a... 924 GTR Porsche race car. There's some some really interesting stuff coming up at the auction, and so uh, we should give the plug one more time. Stratus Auction. That's the website. Stratus Auction. Stratus dot auction. Yep, oh, Stratus sorry. Dot, yeah, Stratus dot, dot auction. Sorry. Yeah. Stratus. It's I misread it. Stratus dot auction, and uh, the earliest stuff is coming up. What September 16th or when Correct. is it going live? Yeah. Yep. So we start selling cars on the 16th, which means the 23rd is is when we uh, when when the auctions actually close. So the 23rd, 24th, 25th. So you can start you can start bidding on the 16th. Yep. Start bidding on the 16th. Uh, we wanted to get a, a full range of cars. We have everything from a, a Volkswagen Beetle with only 124 miles on it. Wow. Uh, which is excellent, all the way up to the, the GTP car, 300ZX, the XJ220. We wanted to kind of show 
you know what, what, we, what we were interested in selling, what we what we can do on the platform, because a few of the cars that we have, other auction companies might not take because they're a bit more high risk, but because we have uh, lower overhead, we're online. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why we can accept and, and have a, a bit more fun, take a bit more risk than, than other auction companies. Well, uh, Lance, thanks for joining us today. I'm going to be uh, we're at the Tempe uh, Improv coming up September 18th and 19th. We're doing live stand-up there and podcasts as well. And then uh, Wise Guys, Salt Lake City. Sorry, Salt Lake City. That'll be uh, October 2nd and 3rd. And you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash amcrow, and watch some uh, stand-up there. My book, I'm Your Emotional Support Animal, is out on Amazon and beyond. Check that out. Leave a uh, review. I shall read it. And until next time, it's Adam Crawler for Lance Butler. Oh, yeah, sorry, your plugs. Yeah, let me just hit one thing. Is uh, Oh, Nissan. Yeah, you and I yeah. are going to be at the ZCon event September 15th, Tuesday, September 15th. We're going to do CarCast live during the day. Uh, we're going to lock it in, either 11 or 12. Is, is Z a type of car? It is. It is. Datsun type? It is. Well, not so much Datsun anymore. Nissan? Nissan type. Oh, good. And, uh, and then later that night... There's going to be the uh, virtual unveiling of the new Z car. You're mm. going to MC the the U.S. debut. You're going to throw it to the video. They're going to show us the car, go through some of the specs. It's going to be cool. And then hopefully we'll get some information on as far as timing and horsepower and all that good stuff. Yeah, so September as as 15th date, right. in Tennessee, ZCon event. I think you can get tickets or figure it out at, uh, at ZCon's website. And until next time, Adam Kroll for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Let me tell you about Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You're waiting for your dog to make you breakfast in bed? Well, that's not going to happen. But saving money can. There's never been a better time now to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com for more information. That's geico.com.